Today's episode is brought to you by Dreammaker Racing, the New York bred specialist. From top quality New York bred racehorses, Hall of Fame trainers, and unmatched hospitality services, Dreammaker Racing has everything to offer when it comes to owning a racehorse. Have you ever imagined what it's like to see your horse cross the finish line first at racetracks like Saratoga or Belmont? Well, now you can. Dreammaker Racing will put you in the winner's circle. Call today at 518 518- 587-5550 or visit DreamMakerRacing.com and let us make your dreams come true today. And we're live, pal. Welcome to the Peach and Stew podcast. I'm Peach. And I'm Stu Peach. Uh, eventful night last night. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was the sports uh, fix I needed, and we got another two nights of it. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, really crazy uh, night. Today's show, we're going to be going over the uh, first round, uh, the highlights, the lowlights, the surprises, the uh, interesting picks. Uh, then we're going to be joined by trainer Doug O'Neill. He's going to go over some of the horses, big horses in his barn, including a horse named after uh, Pavel Datsuk. I know already one of your uh, favorites, Peach. And uh, yep. then he's going to give us a little update on uh, the situation at Santa Anita. And then we'll come back and, and hit you with a preview for uh, – rounds two through three and maybe even touch on uh four through seven but you know i don't know how many people care about uh, probably not a left tackle <laughs> out of ashland like i love the rounds four through seven because that's where uh, pr- primarily i love rounds three and four because in my opinion that's where you make your heyday um but you know we're talking about guys that most people never heard of so well, um, I've heard of a lot of them. Well, yeah, I know. It's but I'm a, I'm a degenerate gambler. Um, yeah. Oh, and before we even get jumping into this draft, just want to remind folks, we got a great contest going on. Our friends at DreamMaker Racing have put out there uh, uh, a nice little gift bag uh, for our upcoming interview with Gary Stevens. Uh, which we had a lot of fun doing. That'll be dropping Monday. We'll announce the winner on Wednesday. So plenty of time to uh, respond. And and I've already heard what some of the cool gifts that they're throwing in that bag uh, are. And pretty cool stuff. Stuff you can use. I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, yeah, that yeah, interview so, was a ton of fun. Yeah, dro- drop a line in there. And... Uh, you know, join the contest. We've got a few really good answers so far already. Um, so check that out. And, and where can people check that out on Twitter, Peach? Uh, well, as you said, they can uh, check us out on Twitter um, at Peach underscore Stewcast. That's P-I-E-S-C-H underscore Stewcast. Um, give us a like, uh, follow, retweet our stuff. Um, and then you can find us over at iTunes as well as Spotify um, where we'd be greatly appreciated if you could subscribe as well as uh, give it a listen. Yeah. And uh, so how about we uh, just jump right into the draft right here? I can't help myself, but man, you know, Green Bay Packers trading up to get Jordan Love at 26 when they could have had him. Incredible. (laughs) I I think it's it's really it, it's the most interesting pick in the draft because obviously you know Aaron Rodgers has still got a few more years left. Um, yeah, he's signed through twenty twenty four. And then you and then you start looking at that team. They needed a wideout bad. They needed bad. defensive help. They got just murdered by the Niners in the playoffs last year. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't quite know what they were. Th- I know what they were thinking, but it's the ultimate uh, screw you to to Aaron Rodgers in effect because the and and Jordan loves 
he's an athletic quarterback. I, I, I will give him that. But, I mean, the, the Utah State games I saw this year didn't I, – I, I don't see the comparison to Patrick Mahomes. I, I no, mean, and I don't know why people are doing that. If you want to take the tape of him playing against, uh, you know, I don't know, um, Air Force or yeah. Colorado State, you know, and you want to look at that tape. And, I mean, I, I got to see him play against Michigan State his junior year. Um, and I got to see him play LSU this year. And he was competent. Yeah, I mean, he did have some nice throws. But, I mean, you know, at the same time, most of his highlight tape is, is against Mountain West competition. Yeah. So, uh, to make that jump and say he's Patrick Mahomes, eh, I, I don't know about that. I mean, Josh Allen, when he was coming out of Wyoming, was being compared to John Elway. Yeah, I mean, and that's my NFL comp is Josh Allen. I mean, both were not very accurate in, in college. Uh, they both kind of struggled in that conference, Mountain West Conference. Um, both very athletic. They can move. I don't see the Patrick Mahomes comparison. I think that's a reach. But now you're going to hear Green Bay Packer fans say he's the next Patrick Mahomes forever uh, until he actually plays. But here's the, here's the truth. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was a good college quarterback. I mean, he did an air raid offense, and he, made, he, he was accurate. Um, I, Josh Love's not accurate. He has a lot of problems too in the pocket. His mechanics are off. His feet were, footwork is off. Um, from a pure football standpoint, I don't get it. You have Aaron Rodgers. He's 36 years old. Yes, he's getting old, but Drew Brees is 40. Tom Brady's 43. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, by all counts, takes care of his body. Maybe not like you know Tom Brady, but I don't think it, you could say you know he just doesn't do anything to maintain his longevity. He's probably like a Drew Brees in that standpoint. He can probably play till he's 40, 41 if they want. And I think he's earned every right in Green Bay to stay there for as long as he wants. But I think maybe maybe there's something uh, behind the scenes with LeFleur, the head coach, in him. Maybe he's uncomfortable with Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is an absolute alpha. And, uh, you know, maybe there's a lack of respect there, even though – it seemed like they got along on the sidelines last year because for, like I just said, from a pure football standpoint, you go to the NFC championship, you get your break, you get the brakes blown off on defense and offense. You haven't had a, they haven't drafted a skill position in green Bay in 15 years in the first round. They, they always draft corners and they always miss on corners and they draft defensive linemen who are turn out average, but I would call it a miss because they don't turn out to be what they would want them to be. So, to me, they passed on a million players that could help them right now, wide receiver, cornerback, D-line, um, linebacker, and I think they got worse by not getting better last night. And I think the Vikings got better, the Lions got better, and even the Chicago Bears got better by default of not picking because they still have Khalil Mack for that pick. So... I don't understand the thinking in Green Bay from a football standpoint, from a fan standpoint. I think it's hilarious because now all my friends are going crazy because they're all Packer fans. <laughs> and uh, they're already doing the Aaron Rodgers fell. Look at what Jordan Love. It's the same. I'm like, Aaron Rodgers is projected a first round pick. Jordan Love was not projected. He was projected a late round pick or a second round pick. He, he was climbing his way into the first round. I, I just – I don't see it with him. Um, I, I don't know that the Lions got appreciably better. I mean, uh, Okuda's going to be – I mean, they got another starting corner, so I guess – Yeah, he'll be a good corner. It, it, it's a it's an improvement over what they were going to throw out there. The Bears, uh, I, I think they kind of lose a little bit because, yeah, while you have Khalil Mack, that team – is a team that needs some offensive weapons and well they should have got cam newton over making that trade for uh um, what's his name out of uh nick Foles out of uh, the jaguars in my opinion but well, yeah, yeah you gotta right. you gotta get you gotta get some weapons on that team i think the second round they go offense but i, I you know I, agree. I, I thought minnesota's uh pick of justin jefferson that's gonna he's gonna fill that stuff on Diggs role pretty pretty quickly 
Yeah. Um, I agree. And then who was who was the other pick you guys had? Um, we got Jeff Gladney, cornerback from TCU. Yeah, that's a that was a head scratcher for me. I know you guys need corner, but I. Well, he's graded as one of the better late round firsts. So I mean, and again, I mean, on, I've been saying this from um, day one since we started talking on this pod and started talking Apple Draft from fifteen onward to like sixty. It's very similar type of players minus, you know, like, you know, mechanical work, whatever. The grades don't really matter. There's a lot of these guys that don't pan out anyways. So I'm okay with it. Uh, I like, I like the Jeff Gladney pick. Um, and, and especially be not because of him as a player, but we acquired two fourth round picks in the process. And uh, that will be used to acquire Trent Williams today from Washington. So, oh, okay. And then, and then the next round, and then the, and then the next round, we will go, we will go, um, you know, uh, probably offensive line, and then we'll round out the draft with a few di- uh, defensive ends, a few cornerbacks, probably another wide receiver or two, which would be a great draft. Yeah, and Steve Hutchinson's going to come out of retirement, suit up for the Vikes. It'll be good. I can't wait until I'm right, and uh, you're going to have to acknowledge that on the pod. Okay, speaking of uh, acknowledging right on the pod, uh, I've been calling Henry Ruggs the third. Maybe – I don't know that he's the best wide receiver, but I thought he was going to get taken first this whole time. Uh, Bobcat uh, – You got it from Bobcat, Steve. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Oh, I stole <laughs> that from him. Uh, uh, Bobcat and you uh, didn't see him as the first uh, pick. Oh, wow. Until uh, five minutes after he got drafted first, and then he, you know, Bobcat said, "Yeah, that was my guy." Uh, but it, you know, again, I think the Raiders. If you want to look at head scratchers too, I, I get God. Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs made a ton of sense. Tons of speed, super quick, can run the routes. He, I mean, he was. Uh, a great compliment with Jerry Judy. I don't know how good he's going to be on his own, but I, you know, I have a decent expectation, but then they go Damon Arnett. Yeah. I don't know how we got to see Damon Arnett play quite a bit. This guy's a head case. And I think if at 19, I was looking at the Raiders and I sent out a, a, a tweet on our, on our Insta, or Twitter channel. Um, and I was looking for him to pick Kenneth Murray right there. Or you pick Clavion Chason, who ended right. up going in the next pick. The, yeah, I agree. You could, you could have got Arnett likely right in their in the second, second round. round pick. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't get it either. He's good. Uh, he's talented. Did you know he, that's Chris Carter's son? No, I didn't know that until I was watching the uh, show. Yeah, I didn't either. There's a lot of questions within the pick there. Uh, not even why they did it, but also like, really, Chris Carter, Damon Arnett. Interesting. You know, and if there's some family friction there. Because <laughs> I would, I mean, Damon Carter, you would sue. I, <laughs> I'm not going to touch that one. Uh, Jalen Rieger, wide receiver, TCU to the Eagles. God, and I love that. S- certainly not. Uh, in in your um, uh, pre pre draft uh, wide receiver poll, you didn't even have Rieger in your top seven, or or did you? No, have I had seven him at eight. eight. I had eight. him at eight. Yeah, I I liked. I, I wrote him off because he's Texas uh, TCU, and I I can't help but think of uh, Josh Doxson. So there's a little bias there, honestly. But he's a little small, too. I just don't think uh, – he's got great speed. He's going to be a good special teams player. I think he'll be an average wide receiver. I don't know what Philly was doing because they need a guy on the outside bad. Um, and I was on Twitter scrolling, and all the Eagle fans were, you know, super happy that they're going to get Justin Jefferson. <laughs> and then they got Jalen Rager. He was the pick. He was uh, he the was pick the right pick. there. The Vikings even tried to pick up to trade up to nineteen to get uh, to get Justin Jefferson. They also loved K, uh, um, Chasen too. So, but they said no. They decided to go Damon Arnett. Okay, uh, so I was a little bummed. But then when they passed, I was like, oh hell yeah! Uh, so we got a gem 
landed right into our laps, I think. Uh, but yeah, Jalen Rager, I don't, I don't understand the pick for Philadelphia there. You go T Higgins even, and I think that would be better. Ayuk, Mims, I don't know. What do you think? You, you, you got into the weeds on a lot of these guys too during the season. I think, I think Rager is uh, a nice player, but he's more of a um, wait and see kind of guy. He's a guy you could have got waited in the second round and and tried to get him there, early um, second. I just don't. I don't think that it's really, it's really a position to make a stand like that. When you're picking twenty first and you're looking at a wide receiver, you want the guy that's going to be the Pro Bowl guy. And yeah. I think Rieger fits into that, um, that mold of a nice complimentary wideout. Justin Jefferson slots into that stud wideout model. Um, yeah, size. Uh, speed. strength, speed. Rieger's got speed, but he, he runs like a four four. Jefferson I runs I think runs just a tad faster. But I mean it's it's negligible. But yeah, and, and you like you just said, like Justin Jefferson has the capability to round out into a total wide receiver. I think And you Jalen, gotta look at the competition too. I mean Jalen Rieger's yeah. going up against Kansas and uh, Texas Tech corners and what have you and and he's he plays smaller he's he's i think he's 511 yeah and a half or something and Justin Jefferson has been going up against AJ Terrell and going up against uh, Xavier McKinney and um and going up against just tons of talent uh yeah. when you look at who he plays against and he produces he gets open he runs great routes he's crisp i i love that pick for the vikings CJ Henderson too. <laughs> okay, so it, you know in that I don't CJ Henderson was clearly the second best corner yep. and the Jags picked him ninth and that's really my issue is picking him ninth. I mean if you're going to pick ninth there you, I, that was the perfect spot to pick a Jerry Judy, CD Lamb or Henry Ruggs, whichever one you liked more. Um yeah, I agree. Or even, or even go offensive line or or you know D line there. No, well, yeah. no, because they don't really have any starting cornerbacks. Uh, AJ Boy left, Jalen Ramsey obviously left. So like they needed some cornerback help. They needed a starter. Um, yeah, but just, I just don't think you anytime, go there. No, anytime you you start picking corners in the top ten, it's just a scary proposition. They could have got him at twenty if they wanted him. I don't think so. I don't, don't think, think so. C, no, I don't think C.J. Henderson would have lasted. Well, here's the long. reason. Because here's A.J. Terrell went at 16, and I would, I think everybody had a clear consensus that Henderson was going to go above A.J. Terrell. Yeah, maybe. Um, you know what else? Uh, Seattle Seahawks 27, Jordan Brooks, linebacker from Texas Tech. That was weird. Nice player. But immediately after Baltimore Ravens select Patrick Queen, who's a monster in my opinion, don't get it. Uh, another one that I think was funny is what? What is Miami doing at thirty with Noah and Big Nagane? Do you know that from Auburn? Uh, yeah, I mean they had a high grade on him. Uh, yeah, he was yeah. the highest rate, graded guy that they had left on their board. And look, I mean, if you're going to scout and you're going to spend millions of dollars looking at these players um, and you really have this high grade on this guy and you want to go after him, I mean, more power to you. I thought that would have been the perfect spot to pick up uh, Swift. Yeah, um, same. Or, John, or Jonathan Taylor. Well, they're going to get a running back, Jones. I think. They're going to get a running back when they first come up to uh, when yeah, the first pick or, or fifth pick in the second round. They're going to get a running back, but um, I, th I think what it really boils down to is if you have a draft grade on a guy that's super high, um, you got to just trust the process and, and take him, I guess. But that's what Jacksonville did at nine, I guess. C.J. Henderson just loved him. Yeah, I just. <sighs> cornerback at nine when you could 
if if we're coming out of this draft saying the Jags got uh, Jared Judy and Clavion Chase on, great right. draft, great yeah. draft. Instead, we're going Clavion Chase on, great pick. Uh, he fell to him. That's awesome. But you know, CJ Henderson up in the air. So, you know, I, I mean. Dave Garrett's one of the worst GMs in the league. So, you know, you take what you get. Uh, apologize to all the Jags fans out there because if I was a Jags fan today, I'd be really kind of bummed out. Yeah, not angry, not happy, just bummed. Uh, what was your favorite pick of the first round? Uh, Tristan Wirfs for Tampa Bay. Thought that was a great pick. I had Tristan Werfs going in the top five, uh, the Giants, but he fell a little bit. And Tampa Bay getting Tom Brady down there, I think that was a great pick for them. Makes the most sense. I loved it. Um, I let me tell you what I don't like. I I know you guys are high on, I know you guys are high on Henry Ruggs, but I think he's good. I just don't think he's better than Jerry Judy. If I was the Vegas, I would have taken Jerry Judy there, or even CD Lamb. I think C.D. Lamb was probably a little bit – C.D. Lamb would have been my pick there because I think C.D. Lamb fits in more offenses than Judy or Ruggs. But, I mean, it's negligible. I mean, you're talking about three guys that are very tough to differentiate on who's better, who's not. Yeah. Um, another thing that I love, too, I think Miami's selection of Tua. I mean, he's easy and it was given, but I love the Dolphins. Going forward, they have now – they had nine picks going into last night's draft in the first um, two rounds of this year and next year. They're building something down there. They had a good offseason. They built. They got some key defense players. They have a nice wide receiving corp. Not great, not bad, but nice. Um, they're building the old line. I just think I, – I like the future of the Dolphins. I say give it three years and they'll be a playoff team. Um. So yeah, I, I just think it was a great pick. Bobcat's all pissed because he thinks two is over because he hates Miami. But I think it's a I think it's a nice pick, and I think Miami is going to come from the ashes, not the Bills. And I think Miami is going to be the team to beat in that division going forward. You know, it's, depending. It's going to take a few years. Yeah, I agree. Totally, will take three year, or a few years, and they go Austin Jackson at eighteen, which is nice. Um, I thought they should have gone running back at 30, but they didn't. They went corner. Um, but, you know, like you said, if they love the guy, go get him. They're picking early in the second round anyways, so they'll get a running back. I I really – in I thought the the Chiefs pick of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire Could be to, fun. to end the first round was a really interesting, fun pick. Now – I know uh, DeAndre Swift out of out of Georgia is going to be looked at as the number one running back prospect uh, for most people, but uh, Hilaire was amazing at LSU this year. Um, he he has he can cut and he can get to the outside. He's got some speed. He can catch. Uh, I, I like them in that system. It gives another tool. Because you got to remember, too, I mean, the Chiefs running game was Damian Williams, Darren Williams, uh, D. Williams. They had like 18 Derrick Williams on the team. Um, some games they produced, some games they didn't. I think getting, getting a guy in there who's, who's going to get a good crack at the jobs and, and not be 74-year-old LaShawn McCoy. I think that's a big positive for that team. Yeah. No, I agree. It's going to be fun. Uh, that offense is going to be incredible. All right. So, uh, I think at this time we're going to take a little pause on, on the draft and we're going to switch over to uh, a little uh, chat I had with Doug O'Neill yesterday. Uh, hope you enjoy. He, he dropped some uh, good info and good tips on – on some of the horses he's got coming up and uh, gives us a little preview of, of what's going on at uh, San Anita. We'll catch you right after.
At this time, it's my great pleasure to introduce one of the great horsemen in this country and the pride of Dearborn, Michigan, Doug O'Neill. Doug, welcome to the show, brother. Oh, brother Al, thanks for having me. Thanks for that intro. Hey, uh, I know you're a busy guy. You're probably coming off the track or, or doing something at the barn. Um, what's the situation down there right now? Is Are we moving any closer uh, to resolution on, on getting you guys back on the track? I, I believe so. I'm optimistic. Uh, we were hoping to hear something a few days ago, so we're just kind of everyone's glued to the to the you know their their phones, open to hear something. But um, Santa Anita and the Stronic Group has gone above and beyond. They've done a really brilliant job of keeping the the community there at Santa Anita um, so isolated and so safe, and you know from taking temperatures, so everyone's wearing face masks and gloves to you know, you've got the no visitors, no owners of the horses can even come in. So it's really, it's a really self-contained little community with some like 750 men and women uh, horsemen living there and uh, calling it home. And they got a medical trailer there that uh, is, is for all the horsemen. So it's really, it's its own little ecosystem that's all generated and, and all pushed and all funded by the afternoon racing. So we're just hoping, you know, the, the, the um, LA health department will, will uh, kind of look at that really uh, seriously and, and understand that uh, without racing, a lot of the dormitories and the healthcare and the jobs of a lot of these uh, men and women are, are at stake. You know, and, and Mike Trombetta echoed those comments a couple of days ago as well. H- how important, is this and you kind of touched on it there how important is it and how safe is it already uh in this little ecosystem to be running um horses right now because you you really have pretty much everybody you need to to put on a race and and get some money going to these folks no you're 100 right al and, and actually sanita and the Stronic group and and the jockeys guild uh have even gone one step farther and uh, have offered to sequester the, the jockeys and the gate crew from uh, Friday morning till Sunday night. So all, you know, when they're there, the morning of the first day of racing, they'll just stay there in the parking lot. They'll have RV set up and, and a little cafeteria and whatnot, and they'll self-distance and, and they won't uh, go back and forth. So, I mean, that's just like, when I heard that, I was like, whoa. And, you know, so it's just another sign of how important how we'll do anything to show that um you know it's uh, it's it's a very safe and you know as safe as it possibly could be and and you're primarily based out of south uh, california excuse me but yep. you're you're not excluded to just that area we see uh liam's pride coming in saturday in the bachelor how, yep. how do you uh is is oakland a, a place that you you like to go to uh and how do you like your chances saturday you know i do oakland's uh they've done a brilliant job of keeping everyone safe and keeping the racing uh going um and uh yeah with liam's pride actually i've got them double entered i got them entered friday in allowance race and then saturday in the bachelor and i think after huddling up with the, the owners we're gonna just stay in the allowance race on friday which that could easily be a stake race as well. It's a, it's yeah. not a, it's not an easy race, but it's a smidge easier than the Saturday race. So we're just trying to get Liam some confidence and in, in good spots as he matures and gets going. But he's a, he's a cool son of uh, Liam's map that seems like if he stays injury free, he's got a really bright future. And, and bright futures are, are peppered throughout your barn. Uh, I, I've seen Blitzkrieg back on the workout tab, Steuben's yeah. back on the workout tab, and yeah. uh, my favorite horse uh, in training, Pavel, after yeah. Pavel Datsuk. Um, <laughs> w- can you give us an update on how they're doing and, and any ideas on where y- you look to uh, put them next? Well, I think all those you mentioned would, would be in Southern California, Sandita, Dalmarish kind of races, so um and you nailed the, you know, you hit them right on the head there with the, the ones that are our stars right now. And um, yeah, we're excited about all of them. They're fresh with Pavel. We gave him a little breather and he's just coming back in and 
looks fantastic. He's probably like summertime, uh, you know, August-ish for him to, to run back, but looking for him to have a big uh, second half of the year. And um, Blitzkrieg came back in, back in great shape from Dubai. So yeah, we got a lot of, lot of good stuff. And Subbins, he's coming off of freshening, and he should be ready, geez, real soon, probably within a month or so. So we're excited about his return. Is this is this downtime, even though it's really tough uh, on everybody, it's really incredibly tough. But for the horses themselves, it, are you seeing your horses getting really fit? Or in, can there be a case of being overfit for a race? Does that even exist? Yeah, I think it is. You know, I, I think the majority of horsemen, as I've watched others train, I think everyone's just trying to keep them in maintenance mode. And yeah, the last thing you want to to do is get them too cranked and have nowhere to run and you do kind of get them coming out of their skin and you can tip them over the edge a little bit and um so i I think more of us are just kind of keeping them in a nice maintenance mode half mile comfortable works good gallop outs just keeping them mentally level-headed and uh and you know cardio wise fit so it, it shouldn't take but a a work or two to really uh lean on them in competition to get them right back into uh, their, you know, back into their fighting uh, frame of mind. You know, uh, last question wrapping up here and thank you again for the time. Of uh, course. You, you have had some success, some pretty good success over in Dubai running at Maidan. Is that, is that something you're looking to continually do if you have the, the right ownership uh, mindset and the right horse? I definitely think so. Al. Yeah, it, it was uh it was a thing we chose to do this year, just with all the uncertainty going on, and uh, I'm glad we did. Yeah, we had a, I think we ended up with three winners, but we had uh, multiple horses run second and third, and uh, it was a, it's a great experience. It's a long ways away, and you know we had uh, seven of our team members sacrifice three months out of their lives to to leave their family and and go stay over there uh, for us. But um, each and every one of them said they would do it again next year if we chose to do it. So that just goes to show you how well the Dubai racing, how well they treat you, the accommodations, the dormitories, the, the, the facilities for the horses too. It's just second to none. So um, other than it being so far away, it, it's an incredible experience. Uh, for more information on, on your racing stable and you, where, where can people uh, find you at? That's a great question. Cause I'm really bad at all that social media <laughs> stuff, <laughs> but I think, uh, I think we're on, Facebook and Instagram. I think under Doug O'Neill Racing, uh, I've got a um, uh, my gal in the office there, Sharla, does a lot of uh, posting and they'll take pictures around the barn on the track and post it. So it is a good place to uh, kind of keep keep tabs of what's going on. We actually got a, a new group of guys uh, called uh, Good News On what is it? Good News Only Racing. And just because we're all just so sick and tired of all the, yeah. every time you turn on the news or some drama. So good news only racing. I know there's a Instagram. Um, it might be the at sign good news only racing. And you can kind of find some, some good stuff that's going on at the barn. So yeah, just trying to um, get as many people as we can to expose behind the scenes of what a great sport it is. Well, I, you, you are one of the people that make it a great sport. Doug, yeah. thank you for the time. Hopefully we can sit down, uh, and maybe a little bit longer form uh, one of these days and talk about uh, Dearborn, Michigan, oh, get a little Tigers talk in there yeah. and uh, uh, give, give our best to Mr. Redham. We'll do Midwest is best. Sounds good. Al. Thanks for having yeah, me. Later, Doug. Bye, <laughs> All right, brother. Take care, man. And that wraps up our, our little chat with Doug. Thank you to uh, Doug O'Neill and the good people uh, at his barn, his outfit. Um, Hope to have him on again uh, and a little shout out to uh, Midwest is best. I love it. Uh, so speaking of Midwest is best, uh, what's your, what's your idea for the Vikings here on uh, day two, where we go over rounds two and three piece. Uh, so for the Vikings, I would like them to trade. So trade one or both of those fourth round picks Um and uh, to, for, to the Washington Redskins to get Trent Williams. That's been a couple of rumors floating around. Shefty's on it. Um, some other insiders are 
talking about it and tweeting about it. So I've been kind of monitoring that. I hope they do that. Um, and then we need to switch focus to an O, get an O lineman or another corner. Um, another O lineman? No, get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God, that's Trent, Trent Williams is a left tackle. Yeah. He is a left tackle. I know that. But get an O lineman. I, I don't know what they're going to do if they'll move Reef inside and restructure him or if they'll trade Harris as part of it and then go safety in the second round. I don't know. It all depends on that move for the Vikings and if they can get it done. If they do get it done, I expect it to be done before the draft tonight. So they go in there, clear your head, clear mind, and know what they want to do. Because if they do trade Anthony Harris and a fourth-round pick uh, to the Washington Redskins, then we'll need to get a safety. And there's some good safeties available, um, Antoine Winfield and Xavier McKinney, that would be worth – Trade sleep on Grant Delpit either. Grant Delpit, um, it would be worth it uh, to trade some of that draft capital we have because we have 10, 10 picks left. Well, now back to 12 with the, with the addition of the two fourth rounders. Um, but, yeah, no, if we do trade those, we definitely need to get a safety. So I would expect us to go safety if that happens in the second round. Um, and then – you know, we also need to address the edge position. We got some young up-and-comers that are nice, but they're not, they're not going to replace uh, uh, Griffin's production, I don't think. And there's some good ones available. There's Uter Gross, uh, Meadows. I think he's nice. Um, and, then, and then Ezra Cleveland. He's, a defi- he's D-line, right? He's offensive tackle out of offensive Boise tackle? State. Okay, yeah, I wouldn't mind taking him either. Um, and then, you know, other D-line, A.J. Penza. I'm bad. At Espenza. Espenza? Yeah. Weird. Yeah, no, I, I, would, I would go there. And honestly, I wouldn't even mind going linebacker to, if Zach Bond is available. Like, that, I wouldn't mind. Christian Fulton is still available, too, as a corner. He's a good corner. A lot of people projected him to be in the first round. Um. But I look at that running – and Trevon Diggs, you know, it's not going to go to the Vikings because uh, of his brother. Um, but, yeah, no. And, and I am excited for the second round almost more than the first, Stu, because there's going to be a run on offensive skill positions. It's going to be a run on wide receivers and a run on these great running backs that are still available. There, there's a ton of talent still left on the board. A ton of talent. And this is a, this is a year like I any other where there's this much talent that I can recall in the second T. Round. Higgins is still out there, and I never would have thought that T. Higgins would still be there. Same. Um, Cole Komet. Cole Komet. Yeah, I was just about to bring up Cole Komet. Your top tight end in the draft um, is still hanging out there. and. Yeah. You know, the Pats, they move back and they got a ton of ammunition if they wanna if they wanna move up. Um you know, that that's the guy I think that that could be going to the Pats to to fill that tight end role. Do you think the Pats take a quarterback? At some point, usually, yeah. I think they'll take a quarterback, but Jalen Hurts? No. No. I Look, I, I like Jalen Hurts. He's a, he, he's a good dude. He seems like he's got his head on straight and he wants to play. But I just don't like I don't like his his throwing. I mean, I'm just not a fan. I don't I don't think he's a good enough quarterback to transition to the NFL. I think he could end up eventually being kind of that. Randall L, and this is going back a ways, but Antoine Randall L, um, or a Taysom Hill type type guy, where eventually you see him as a wideout, but also he's brought in to be a quarterback at times too. I just I don't like him as a quarterback. Yeah, well, a lot of people said the same about uh, Lamar Jackson too. His throwing ability was a little off. Lamar Jackson created plays though. And and Lamar Jackson, when he decided to run, was a monster. Um, I don't see that out of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I, I kind if of you agree. if you can keep him in the pot. Now it's one thing to run around and scramble against the Jayhawks, right? It's another thing 
when Baylor kept him in the pocket. And Baylor's defense was good last year. Don't get me wrong, but but when you keep him in the pocket, it's really tough. They went to a power run formation. Like they people forget this. Like Oklahoma moved to a power run formation. Yeah. Like three backs in the field, quarterback in shotgun, and we're just gonna power run this. Not we're not throwing it. We're not relying on Jalen Hurts. Okay. Well, do with that what you will. But I, I think Lincoln Riley knew that he had limitations. I think people realize he has limitations. He has talent, he has athleticism. He's, he can be useful as like a Swiss Army type knife. And I could see him going in the third or fourth round, but uh, I just don't see him here in the second. Let me ask a question. Do you think the Packers would have been better off going with a guy like Jalen Hurts in the second round versus trading up to get Jordan Love? No, J- Jordan Love is an actual quarterback. I think Jordan Love has, has actual throwing abilities and he can, he can you know, make – that that quarterback decision downfield and look yeah. off coverage and read coverage, um, I think better than Jalen Hurts. Uh, so I, I mean, if you're going to take a quarterback and Jordan Love's still there, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, the Packers did the right thing. They're building for the future. I mean, they did this with uh, with Favre. Yeah, but they drafted Aaron Rodgers. A little different. Aaron Aaron Rodgers is a projected first first overall pick. Jordan Love was projected anywhere from 20 to 50. You know, there, there was some talk that he was even higher. I mean, it all depends, really, and we, we won't know until, you know, the Packers decide to let that one, that, that jelly know. bean spill, but, like, where he was on their draft board. I mean, again, it goes back to if he's the number one quarterback on your board or the second quarterback on your board, then – you're getting value for you. Doesn't make sense, Stu, from a football standpoint. Not when you got Aaron Rodgers for four more years. It does if your idea is you need to start prepping for the future. Why if, though? Why now? You're just coming off an NFC Championship game. Get another weapon that Aaron Rodgers has been asking for for years. He was even on. He was even on the radio yesterday. And he's quoted as like, I don't know, they haven't drafted a skill position in 15 years, so that. Yeah, nice. I think didn't he say that to Pat McAfee? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I think the Packers sat there and said, we're we can get you another piece. We can get you a wide out in the second round. But then go defense. They need help there too, and they lost line. They lost Blake Martinez at linebacker. Take Patrick Queen. And the worst part is, is they traded up and lost capital to do it. Yeah, they're picking 62nd. Um, and I, as I'm looking down the list here, 62nd and 94th. So, yeah, you, you go with an offensive player, you're going to get a wide receiver at one of those spots. You're going to get a defensive player at one of those spots. And yep. you're going to roll with it. Would yep. it have been better if they could have got, you know – I don't know, T. Higgins? Sure. Would it have been better if they could have got, you know, DeAndre Swift? Sure. You know, um, but they want they feel like Jordan Love this year is going to be better than what they can get next year and the year after. So, right. okay. So let's, uh, let's transition. Um, what do you, what would you like to see the Lions do day two? <clears throat> Uh, at, at this point, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm out on it. Uh, what I would like to see them do is is get an edge rusher, uh, uh, Epinesa uh, out of Iowa, the DN would be, I'd be okay with. Uh, really, at this point, you know, I don't think they're going to get another wide out. I don't think they're going to get a running back. I don't think they're going to get um, a linebacker. I think they're going edge rusher or D lineman. Um, I think their pick is probably going to be Russ uh, Blacklock from TCU, the D tackle, if he's there, if he's available. Should be. 
I, I think that's where they're going to go. I mean, they have gaps and holes everywhere. I mean, we have an offensive line that is – we're losing our left tackle next year. Uh, we signed Vitae for the right tackle position. He's a mess. He's one of the lowest graded uh, pro football, uh, uh, you know, guys out there that played a, enough snaps, and we gave him $50 million. We got a bunch of depth guys that haven't really started across, uh, you know, our guard positions, and we got a good center, so that's cool. But, you know, Carrion Johnson's got bad knees. Uh, all our wideouts are in their last year contractually. So that's cool. And we have a bunch of free agents and, and uh, guys we got from the Patriots via trade. So there's a ton of holes, brother. I mean, you really can't go wrong. Just pick one and fill it. But I think they're going to – I'm pretty confident Ross Blacklock is, is going to be their pick. It's a very Lions thing to do. Well, there's a lot of good players. There's a lot of good players available. For the lines to select from and the good news is there's tons of wide receiver depth too you guys can if you guys want to go that route and like a third or fourth flyer i mean i don't know what do you think about the running back situation there would you rather would you like to see him take a running back okay I, i'll tell you I, i'll give you a name on who i want them to take okay yeah that's what i asked you <laughs> uh I, I i gave you who i thought they're gonna take Okay, who the guy who I want, them, want to take, them to take? I want them to take Robert Hunt, the the guard out of Louisiana. Okay, and nice. he he's not LSU. We're talking about the Raging Cage. Okay, he is the best real football guard. team state of Louisiana. <laughs> oh, get out of here! Go Tigers! <laughs> uh, he's he's a serious inside interior lineman. He is a guy. That is a monster, and he mauls. Uh, excellent combine. The tape uh, makes sense. He's rated above guys at LSU and Ohio State um, and Auburn, and you know, it, it much, rated much higher than uh, Ben Bredson, who you know we watched, and he he wasn't bad. Solomon Kinley out of Georgia. This guy is rated the top guy. In the draft at guard, um, give me, give me the, give me that because our offensive line we cannot run the ball. Give me that guy. Well, I like I said, they're gonna go black ball. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'm excited for it. Um, I'm excited as a fan of football, and I'm excited as a fan of the Vikings. Uh, interested to see what the Lions do. Uh, I love to watch the Packers screw up drafts because they do it every year. Uh, and that's another thing, you know, just real quick. Organizationally, the Green Bay Packers, dumpster fire. They got blessed with two elite Hall of Fame quarterbacks back-to-back, -back, which is rare. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, you don't know what you're talking about. This is dumb. What do you, they won two Super Bowls. Yeah, they won two Super Bowls over 30 years. They should have won four or five. I, I don't get it. They don't they don't they don't put talent around Aaron Rodgers to succeed and win championships. Free agency they whiff, the draft they whiff, and they're just good with average to good competing for division titles, which they win a lot. Doesn't say a lot when you don't have quarterback play in the NFC North until recently. Um, and then they you know, make it to the NFC championship game once every 10 years and lose. And I just, if I was a Green Bay Packer fan, I'd be upset. I'm not saying that because I'm a Viking fan. I would, I would just be upset because I think that you should have more with what they've had at QB play for the last 30 years. New England, they put players around Tom Brady for 20 years. They won six Super Bowls. That's how you do it. And I, I don't understand why Green Bay couldn't replicate that. Boston, better than Green Bay, you, you know, city-wise. But it's not much different, I guess, because it's cold during the winter. Uh, it's not luxurious. You know, a lot of players don't love it. But if you build the culture, you do the right thing, like New England did, 
They won six. I feel like Green Bay could have won four or five. I don't know. I'd be, I'm just, I'm disappointed in them uh, for taking Jordan Love where they did. Think that they could have got him a little later or they should have just got weapons. I don't, it, it, it's dumb, honestly. It's dumb. Organizationally, they're a dumpster fire. Uh, tell us how you really feel about the Packers. No, uh, man, I'm not. I'm not saying that as a bias either. I, I, like, I, I really not. I'm saying that from a football standpoint, they should have more than what they have with the two back-to-back Hall of Famers for 30 years. They only have two Super Bowls. That's nuts. Hey, we got zero. We got a big goose egg. Yeah, no, you're right. Detroit has zero, but organizationally, you're a dumpster fire too. Where, okay, so how many how many uh, bowls do the uh, Vikes have? So the Vikings, organizationally, have acquired talent, and they have drafted significantly better. Okay, what, what, what's it, and what's Detroit, it, what's and so it gi- giving you? You going to let me finish? What, what's it giving you? And so has the Chicago Bears, but they just have not had the – they missed on quarterbacks, and that's the reality. Green Bay got blessed with two. They got two Super Bowls out of it. Good for them. We miss on our quarterbacks, and it's gotten us nothing. That's, that's, that's the reality of the situation. The Vikings are still top five in playoff appearances going back to the merger. It's so let me, so let me to sum this up, to sum this up and correct me if I'm wrong, the Packers are a dumpster fire of an organization because they only, they've gotten lucky with two quarterbacks and the Vikings and Bears do it much better because while they don't hit on their quarterbacks, they do everything else well. Yes, organizationally. <laughs> okay. That's okay, not, cool. That's not, a, that's not a stretch to say. Both can be true. Well, I like looking at the trophy case. And the Chicago Bears run their operations better than the Green Bay Packers. However, the Green Bay Packers have two Super Bowls in the last – 30 years because they drafted – traded for Brett Favre, which is a good, good move, and they drafted, they drafted Rodgers. Well, didn't they uh, – oh, they no. traded him from uh, Atlanta, right? Yes. Both of those statements can be true. And I, and I think they are. I mean, it, it's – you put Aaron Rodgers on the, on the Vikings for 15 years with the players that we've put on that team to try to go out and win, I think we, get, I think we come away from three, three or four, honestly. And I think if you put and if you want to be, if you want to go, if you want to stretch it back in 2014 with the Lions, you want to put Aaron Rodgers on that team versus Matt Stafford, you probably go a little farther. You win that game in, in Dallas, tell you that much. It's yeah, just the but, truth. I mean, okay, so if you want to play the if my aunt had nuts, she'd be my uncle game, then sure. Yeah, you're absolutely right. If Aaron Rodgers was on the 2014 Lions, yeah, they might have went to the Super Bowl. Oh, I, I look at look at the track record. I, yeah. I think the Packers have produced. They have always been a generally good team. Good. They've had shots. Great quarterback they, play. Terrible great. before Brett Favre got there. Early, good in the beginning. Yes. Bad yes. in the 70s and 80s. Absolutely, absolutely, a dumpster fire. Gotcha. They turned it around, and they've been a stalwart organization. I, 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 don't, I don't get – if they think Jordan Love is their guy, I don't get what's – I don't get the big deal on it. Now, it's a big risk-reward because you're going to kick a hornet's nest. I, you're going to get it. fans pissed off. He's you're going to get Aaron Rodgers pissed off. Okay. I, I mean, we'll let it play out, but – I think they've earned some credibility and some some rope to hang themselves with here because, you know, we we do see some Lombardis, you know, in the trophy case. We see right. we see conference championship games. Absolutely. So th- so they've earned it. The Vikings have been a very good organization the past I don't know twenty years, right? Generally. Yeah. There's been a few bad years, but it yep. happens. Same with yep. the Bears. <clears throat> well, you the miss Bears. on you Bears. miss on a few big spots. You make a few key blunders. The Vikings miss on this. We knock out we knock out defense and we knock out running backs. We always always miss on quarterbacks, and it's frustrating. Oh. Um Looking forward to uh, day three. 
Can you can you give us a, a couple deep sleepers, guys? You like that that uh, aren't going to be taken uh, tonight? Uh, deep sleepers. Honestly, I, I I'm not really I'm not real sure on on that. I just I love I love Zach Bond. I think he's going to be awesome. I think Wisconsin always produces one of those uh, linebackers that show out and uh, become stars. So. That's who I love day two, whoever's going to get him. Um, I love Cole Komet, not a sleeper, but he's the best tight end in the draft. So if the New England can come away with him, that'd be sweet. I think, uh, I think um, Christian Fulton is really good. And I think – and you know I love Denzel Mims. So I think he'll be, I think he'll be a stud wherever he lands. Um, what else? No, that's that's really it for me. I don't really have day any day three, day four sleepers. I didn't go that deep into it. All right, I'll I'll give a few names, guys. I like uh, a little bit later. Running back out of uh, Memphis, Antonio Gibson noticed his play. So Patrick Taylor has been the the Memphis running back. He was the main guy, but Gibson started getting a role uh, halfway through the season. And when you watch. Uh, Cincinnati Memphis both games back to back Gibson just tore him up he has speed he runs hard uh, and he can catch out of the backfield he's that perfect kind of complimentary back that can be a um, hybrid type where you know kind of like a um, Danny Woodward type kind of player but he's six foot 228 so, I mean, you know, he, he's a little bit bigger, but he has speed. He can catch. I, I, like, I like a guy like that laid in a round um, in, in a fifth-round flyer-type situation. Um, at wideout, it's a super deep wideout list, but I think this guy who is being I do projected, have sleepers at wideout. I forgot to mention those. Uh, well, we, you can add him in after this. Uh, I think at wideout, Lynn Bowden Jr. out of Kentucky could yeah, be. Yeah, he's, he's I saw him a couple times on. He's not going to be. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that he's going to necessarily be a wideout. Again, we're going back to that Taysom Hill kind of idea. He could be something really special. It's it's just it depends on who he gets drafted to and how they're going to want to use him. Yeah, he's not a quarterback, and I don't think he's a wide receiver. He's a mix of both. I don't. He could be a running back. He could be a mix of all three. I I don't know. We'll we'll have to see how they use him. But he's he's lightning in a bottle, and he single handedly beat uh, Mississippi State in 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 that bowl game this year. So, I mean, I I like Lynn Bowden. Nice. Uh, for my my, I have some deep sleepers at wide receiver. I like Donovan Peoples Jones to be a fourth, fifth-round pick. I think you get a lot of value there. I like Quentin Cephas, and I like Tyler Johnson. Um, those are my three wide receiver deep sleepers that I think teams that draft them will be very happy. I think they'll be productive NFL players. Uh, going defensively? Oh, Josh um, Uche, too. Yeah, you like Josh Uche. Uh, a lot. Outside, uh, was he a D-end? Yep. And there's some people even mocked him to go at the end of the first to to Seattle, but you know, so we'll see. He'll he'll be taken today at some point. I I will give I will give a name I like uh, at at middle linebacker. I'm going to go to Michigan State. I'm going to say Joe Bocci, and and oh, this God, is why steroid king. Uh, he went so it wasn't steroids. It was yeah. It was it, I. If you read the message boards, it, it was just one of those. You know, you know when you go to GNC, and you know when you go into the, uh, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go into GNC and you go and they got that like little glass case and it's like the little bottles and it's like testosterone X plus T plus. Yeah, gotta like, get what? your T. What he was I, taking one of those. Yeah, what can I do to what can I put into my body that will just that's completely foreign and not normal? 
<laughs> yeah, and I don't think he did enough research and and he popped hot. I mean, that's that's what happened. I think you're um, right. He he he's got a nose for the ball, and he plays hard. He's that middle linebacker that just you plug in, uh, that can be utilized on special teams, mm-hmm. and uh, as a, a rotational linebacker guy. Eventually, maybe even getting bigger time um, at that linebacker spot. I mean, Michigan State has produced some some decent linebackers that have translated to the NFL recently. A lot of guys that play that role, that, that linebacker, um, rotational, special teams kind of guy. I think he's a nice little pickup in a six-round kind of, you know, um, time frame. Solid. Yeah, he's a hell of a football player. You're right. He just went. He just went to. Uh, he just went to. Um, you know, like G- GNC, like you said, and popped tea and and popped on his drug test. So that's what happens. Yeah. Hey, what do you think of uh, Gabriel Davis, I've I've heard a little bit about him. I don't know much. He's a wide receiver out of UCF, um, potential sleeper, and then the Bobcat loves Jake Fromm. <laughs> I just think Jake Fromm is going to be a terrible NFL quarterback. It's going to be a journey back up. Gabriel Davis is it, – it's a lottery ticket when you start – you know, I didn't watch UCF that much this year, so I can't really say too much about him. I know uh, I've from what I've read is is he's a lottery ticket. Who knows? He might, he might yeah. show up. He might not. Uh, there is a really good um, track record statistically. If you are not a quarterback drafted in the first round, the odds of you making any kind of impact in the NFL are extremely slim. You do get your Russell Wilsons. You do get your Tom Brady's. You get a lot more Jake Rudocks. You get a lot more Connor Cooks. You get a lot more uh, insert Wisconsin quarterback here, Brooks Bollinger. Uh, you get a lot more um, Christian Hackenbergs. Go on. Go on with the list. Do the research. If you're not drafted in the first round, your chances of becoming a good, good, I mean good, not – I'll even go with serviceable. NFL quarterback are slim. Jake Fromm did not get drafted in the first round for a reason. Jacob Eason – did not get drafted in the first round for a reason. Uh, Fromm got really hamstrung in that he only had one wideout. Uh, oh God, I forget the kid's name. He he torched uh, he torched Fulton in um, Pickard Calvin Pickard. That's the kid. Extremely impressive wide receiver. He had one guy all year, and. You know, I I just think the Georgia offense kind of started running through Swift and and tried to do some other things. And Jake Fromm just, you know, kind of – Regressed, that's for sure. uh, A tad. Number-wise. He did did lose a little bit of talent offensively. Um, So, I I just don't think that any quarterback at this point has a super high upside. But, sure, you know, if you want to draft him and – you're going to make him a project and give him a couple of years and maybe he, you know, gets into a starting situation as a backup. Right. More power to you, but he, I, I, to say, Oh, he's going to be awesome in the NFL is like, that's a wild take. Yeah. It's a, it's a leap. Um, I want to do a quick shout out to Scott Frost for saying, uh, Joe Burrow wasn't good enough to play at Nebraska or in other words, in other ways of saying it, who do, who do we have um, that's not better or that's better than, you know, whatever Joe Burrow, Adrian Martinez. I just think that's incredible. I I love it. That was the quote of the draft last night. Yeah. um, Nebraska football. Nebraska football is actually, they they had a good recruiting cycle. I got to see. I'm going to give it some time. I'm going to give them another year. Yeah, but... I, I, well, I think they're totally think they're, they're going to be fine. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, they're going to win. They're going to get back to winning a little bit. But uh, it's just funny that they missed that that much on Joe Burrow. Well, I think a lot of people did, except for Coach O. Go Tigers. Uh, well, that, that wraps up our draft uh, review slash preview of uh, two through seven. Um, we've, got, we've got a lot of great content coming at you. We've got a great interview with Gary Stevens. And, and like I said, in the upfront, uh, we've got that contest going. So please reply and, um, you know, maybe you can win that gift bag. We've got uh, a couple more guests, uh, Kevin Pauga from uh, KPI Sports, uh, that me and Pisha talked to him. That was a great basketball analytics conversation. Mike Maloney and a special two-part interview coming up. And then we're always giving you our sports content. So uh, next week, Pish, we'll we'll probably run this back on Wednesday with a, a draft review. And, and you've been itching to talk last dance. Yeah, I'm excited to talk last dance. Um, next week we'll cover um, a little bit about, you know, first two episodes. I'm excited for uh, the next two episodes, um, episodes three and four. I guess it would be the last um, episodes once we do see it. A little bit about the Detroit Pistons rivalry and the Bulls rivalry. Can't wait. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, we'll cover a little more of the NFL draft next week. We'll give our draft grades to teams that we care about and some outlier ones. Um, probably just the contenders, to be honest. Don't need to really go in and, um, you know, rate Jacksonville Jaguars uh, draft grades. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll probably go down that path next week. Things can yeah. change, though. And things can always change, and hopefully they do for the better. Uh, so, oh, by the way, by the way, uh, Major League Baseball, uh, we, we probably should get into the fact that uh, there's going to be, like, a whole bunch of uh, teams that, that don't exist anymore. So we'll probably touch on that, too. Minor League Baseball teams that don't exist. Yeah. Um. And and a gr- really big gambling deal too that you brought up. Yeah, DraftKings going public today. Um, that's big. If you were in before the, if not, well, you missed a big opportunity. We'll talk more about that though too. Yeah. So obviously, some jam packed shows. We're going to be coming at you fast and furious. So until next time, for peace. I am Stu, and we are out. <laughs> <laughs>